Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. What's good, Alaska? This is Scott Levesque, and you are tuning in to the midweek edition. Well, actually, it's a special edition of the Must Read Alaska podcast. Throughout this week, we're going to be sending out daily podcasts because we have a lot to talk about. There is a ton of moving parts, and clearly things are starting to heat up here in Anchorage. But before we get into any of that, I just want to encourage you, if you could just take a moment and give us a five-star review, it would be greatly appreciated. It helps with many things, including people finding this podcast, pushing us up the rankings, and of course, search engine optimization. So if you could just take a minute, give us a five-star review, it would be greatly, greatly appreciated. I think we're at about 84, 85, and we're looking to hit 100 by the end of the year, and we need you. And hey, if you want to take an additional second, we love hearing from our listeners. Give us a written review. It's been overwhelmingly positive. We try to provide as much content as we can for you guys. And uh, hearing from you and seeing that this is a valuable uh, piece of content that we put out on a weekly and now daily basis, at, at least this week, it really helps us. So please, if you have a second, give us a five-star review. And if you have an additional minute or two, why don't you go ahead and give us a written review as well. Well, listen. There is so much to talk about right now. There's a lot of things we can touch on, but first, let's just get into the meat and potatoes of what's going on. And we're hitting day five, technically day five, of public testimony as we are uh, witnessing a massive pushback by the Anchorage residents, the Anchorage municipality residents, against this AO 2021-91, which is considered the universal mask mandate. It's a mandatory mask ordinance that was set forth by Meg Zalatel and uh, supported by Pete Peterson and, and truly supported by most of the left-leaning assembly at this point. But what's really interesting is the community has come out in full force against this. Now, am I going to say that everybody that testified has been against this mandate? Absolutely not. There have been people that have come up and have uh, have shared their uh, experience and their rationale as to why this mass mandate should go into play. But I can tell you the overwhelming majority of those testifying in these meetings have been against the mass mandate. Now, I've been watching online. I haven't actually made it down there yet. Uh, I've toyed between going down and giving public testimony or not. But, but really, it's part of my job is to just kind of watch and report on this. And it's been very interesting. Throughout the last four days, there have been so many different elements and aspects of what's been going on. It's been quite, um, it's been quite an experience. I mean, I think this is uh, one of those landmark moments here in Anchorage as a community. What's going to happen? And so we've seen everything. We've seen those who have been uh, rather uh, rude, and I would say inappropriate at times. We've seen people who have been eloquent and succinct and very logical. We've heard heartbreaking stories from people who have uh, been dealing with cancer and other illnesses that have either been uh, laid off and now are, are not able to have health care, who have uh, just hellacious stories. It, 
and really the heart of all this is really simple, is that people want the opportunity to have freedom and to choose what they do with their health care. And I think it's really very interesting to watch as the assembly sits there. And again, the, the camera's not always on the assembly, but it's pretty evident that there are some assembly members that have no interest in having any sort of dialogue or conversation with the majority of those who oppose this mandate. If you noticed, those who oppose the mandate generally get questions from three different people, maybe four. Let's say four and give him the benefit of the doubt. It's usually Jamie Allard, Crystal Kennedy, Dave Bronson, or Weddleton. Those three, four, I guess I should say, are really the only individuals who are, who are talking to those who oppose the mass mandate. Now, there are some. Perez Verdia asked a couple of questions, but really most of the conversation has come from those three slash four individuals. Now, opposite of that, are those who have uh, been for the mass mandate, they get questions from a variety of individuals, including the four that I mentioned prior. So Jamie Allard, Crystal Kennedy, Dave Bronson, um, obviously Weddleton is, is a part of that mix, are all willing to have conversation and ask clarifying questions to those who are for the mass mandate. What I find interesting is that that's the only time that Christopher Constant, Forrest Dunbar, Suzanne LaFrance, Pete Peterson, why well, that's very liberal. Pete doesn't really say much at all. Um, Austin Quinn Davidson, those left-leaning assembly members, the only time they interact with anybody giving a public testimony is when they're in favor of the mandate. Not when they're against the mandate, but when they're in favor. Now, could there be a smattering here or there? Sure. But the overwhelming conversation between the elected body and those who oppose the mass mandate are those four members. Three of them are assembly. One of them is the mayor. I find that fascinating. But here's what happened last night. What I think is even more interesting is last night we had a couple of characters up there that really decided to put on a show. And in putting on a show, what they did is they, they had these well-prepared speeches. And I'm not going to give you the name of the individual who early on decided to uh, step in and give what many may consider an impassioned speech and plea to those who uh, oppose, single-handedly oppose the mass mandate. Uh, this individual decided to get up there and take three minutes to point out three individuals Two on the assembly, one being our mayor, called them racists, called them fascists, blamed them and accused them of causing death through it all. It was rehearsed. It was it was so, in the words of actually being authentically irate, it fell short of the mark. This seems like a planned planted individual. Now, you might be saying, Scott, that seems really cynical. Why would you say that? Well, interestingly enough, this man didn't show up until day four. Now, there's probably plenty of reasons for that. Sure. What I find interesting is that MSNBC was there, though. That's the interesting part. MSNBC was there recording, taking note of what was going on. So forgive me if I don't necessarily believe that everything that came... Do I believe he thinks that? 
I think at some level, I think he does. I think at some level, he does believe that. I don't know to the ferocity of which he said about it yesterday, he believes that. But I do believe that he does feel uh, very much like we should be pushing a universal mass mandate. Now, with that being said, do I think that what we saw yesterday from this individual was genuine and true? (laughs) I mean, it was really over the top. And if you haven't had an opportunity to watch it, I mean, I would suggest going to the Must Read Alaska Facebook page, scrolling down. It's under the header, This Man Accused the Mayor and Two Assembly Persons of Racism. I mean, if you put it on mute and watch it, it's hysterical. I mean, the hand motions, the the gestures, the pointing, the I mean, it, I'm watching it right now, actually. And guess who asked the first question? Jamie Allard. See, this is what I don't understand. And you're going to have to help me here. We've got four, five days of testimony and probably a little bit more. And at the same time, what I'm seeing is a lack of interaction from the opposing view. The left-leaning assembly who wants to pass this mandate is lacking any interaction with those who believe differently from them. The point of public testimony is to understand the public. The point of public, and, and I'm watching this right now, and the drama the drama that was ensued here is is pretty amazing. I, again, you're not going to understand fully until you actually watch the video, and I want you to do that. Go to Must Read Alaska's Facebook page, facebook.com slash Alaska. It's under the title, This Man Accused the Mayor of Two, and Two Assembly Persons of Racism. Bravo. Supporting actor goes to this individual. It was... <laughs> I, again, I'm watching it right now, and it is truly... A, a work of art in terms of drama. It truly is. I would I would suggest watching it on mute first and then watching it with the sound on. Now, it's hard for me not to think that this wasn't a planted action. This wasn't something to get MSNBC a little bit of some flavor for their reporting. Now, I could be wrong, and I'm, and I'm open to that. And like I said, I truly believe that the guy is impassioned and believes that there should be a mass mandate. My only problem is... My only problem is, is even his interaction with Jamie Allard shows a lack of wanting to have a discussion about the opposing view. We've gone, I'm telling you, five days, five days of public testimony and the left, the side that's trying to push this, refuses, I mean refuses to really engage with the public, particularly those who do not support this mass mandate. It is simply amazing to me, and I ask myself, why? Why would you not want to have a real conversation with the people that put you up there? And trust me, every person that has testified against this mass mandate, let me rephrase that, every every district has been represented, every district has been represented here when it comes to this mass mandate. Every district has been represented in the public testimony. I don't know if it's for, but I certainly know against. Every district has been represented when it comes to those who oppose the mass mandate. And you know what I find? I find that those representatives do not engage at all. Let me give you an example. Okay, folks, I'm going to give you an example. Yesterday, there was a woman who was from District 6, I believe, South Anchorage. And uh, she had a son who she said was autistic 
and had PTSD. Communication was a problem for him. So she spoke for him. And it was a powerful speech about how the mass mandate prior and how a mass mandate now would negatively impact her son. Her son was standing next to her during this testimony. I think he had a bright yellowish green jacket on. It was a powerful testimony. And one of the things that really stood out in that testimony was the fact that even with a medical exemption that said her son would be exempt for having to wear a mask because of his autism and PTSD, they were still removed from stores, were not allowed to check out at stores, and were treated extremely poorly at other places. And in that speech, she said, I would appreciate any apologies from those sitting on the assembly because my son has had to endure not just the things that he has to go through on a daily basis, but also added on top of that the things that he has to endure because of this mass mandate. And the first person to speak up was Jamie Allard. Here's the caveat. She said those who supported the mass mandate before should apologize. Jamie Allard didn't support it before, hasn't supported it since. Through this whole time, hasn't. But she apologized to the woman, and I thought it was a, it was a nice gesture. I think Jamie understands, listen, there's a lot of people that are struggling here. Not a single, not a single other assembly member decided to speak up and apologize to this woman. It was amazing to watch, guys. It's amazing to watch. And it's a true sign of where our assembly is. I don't even know if half of them heard her story. Her son up there with her. It's pretty apparent that there are people that have legitimate reasons for not having to wear a mask. And this was a prime example outside of just liberty and freedom and all that, that have a legitimate medical reason. And you know what? Not a single assembly member outside of Jamie Allard decided to say, ma'am, I'm sorry for your experience. It was very telling. And honestly, it was extremely disheartening because the reality is this. Let's just summate this. And I talked about this last week on the podcast. Here's what's going to happen. I mean, let's just fast forward to what's going to happen. Eventually this week, public testimony is going to peter out. People are going to walk through. There's going to be nobody else to speak up. And there's going to be a vote taken. And the vote's going to go 9-2, maybe 8-3 for the mass mandate. Now, I'm going to tell you this. What they're going to do is they're going to discuss a bunch of different Uh, qualifiers now that are going to be put into place so that people can, their constituents in their district that spoke up and talked to them can feel better about it. There'll be more, well, quite simply put, there'll be more sports that are going to be allowed to uh, not have to wear masks. There's going to be gyms that are not going to require masks. There's going to be all these exemptions for mask mandating. Which begs the question alone, why do we even have a mask mandate if we're putting in all these exemptions? But that's another story for another day. So they're going to include all these amendments to the ordinance and input this to try to satisfy that person, input this to try to satisfy that person. And and they're going to do everything they can to try to satisfy their constituents without actually just saying, you know what? 
you know what? Maybe this was a bad idea. We had such a turnout from the public that said, I don't want this, that maybe it's a bad idea. Maybe it doesn't really serve the community for which we are supposed to represent. But they're going to pass it. It's going to be kicked to the mayor. And the mayor is going to veto it. The mayor is going to veto it. And here is the real factor. It's going to be kicked back to the assembly. And the assembly needs a supermajority, which means eight. And they have that. They have eight. Even if Mr. Weddleton decided to say, you know what? I've heard a lot from my constituents of deciding not to do this. Even if he did do that, they still don't have enough. So what does this boil down to? Well, it boils down to a couple things. One, there's a convergence of the recall effort that is going to possibly overlap this vote. And here's another thing. There is going to be, if that doesn't actually interfere with what's going on, meaning if Meg Zalatel's recalled, that a seat's probably going to be vacant, which means the supermajority goes down from 8 to 7. And we could talk about that later. That's another scenario. But my point is this. The lawsuits are going to begin. That's what's going to happen. There's going to be lawsuit after lawsuit. And injunctions are going to be filed. And it's going to get messy. And it's going to, it's going to cost the municipality a ton of money to fight this in court. And it's all going to be for naught. Because as this is going on, you're going to see that cases are going to keep dropping. And by the time this is done, it's going to be used as a political tool back in April, just like it was for the mayor race with Forrest Dunbar. It's going to be used as a political tool for the assembly because they're going to fight it, fight it, fight it, fight it all the way up until February or March when they're getting ready to do a assembly campaign for re-election for four or five of these assembly members. And they're going to say, you know what? We're with the public. This is hurting the public too much. We're going to go ahead and just get rid of this mass mandate ordinance. And they're going to use it as a political tool. And you know what the problem is? That's what this has always been, a political tool. It really has. We talk about science. We talk about you know the, the numbers, the data. But the reality is this. Let's just be honest. This masking has all been a political tool. It has. I mean, let's just look at the results. Austin Quinn Davidson put a mask mandate in. What'd she get? COVID. Now, unless she's not following her own rules, which is a possibility... She was masking. She was masking when people were coming over. She was masking when she was out. And yet she still got COVID. So now what? How you use your mask. How many times you touch it. How many times you take it off. Where you set it down. If you're sneezing in it. If you're coughing in it. If you're just talking in it. If you put your hand in it. If you put your hand on top of it. Listen. My wife worked in surgery for 12 years. Sterile protocol, I know, because my wife has practiced on me. It is not reasonable to think that masking is going to prevent COVID as high a rate as the assembly and others would want you to believe. It's just not there. The science is not there. You know, we talk about following the science, and yet we don't follow the science. We just don't. And yesterday, somebody in the meeting said the same thing. They said, listen, we've got confirmation bias. 
they were, they were referencing a study from India that showed it was over 300,000 people that showed the effectiveness of masking was somewhere between 9 and 10%. And the headline read, study proves masking is effective. That's just wrong. That's just a wrong way to read the data. It is. And it's absolutely asinine to think that we should be following this type of data and science to push a masking mandate. We have so many other things. And listen, there are plenty of people up there that will logical and level-headed. Here's the problem is that when I say it's politicized, it's more than that. You have people using those testimonies that are, are, are on the fringe as the mainstream. Right? We do this everywhere. This is, this is a tactic that's used in politics all the time. You take the fringe and make that mainstream. So the people that we all kind of roll our eyes at when they're testifying, yeah, those are the people that are used as the poster child for this is what the anti-maskers want. When that's not the case, if you actually watched what was going on, and again, that's a clear indicator. If you watched and you do the research, you realize there are plenty of logical people standing up there, doctors, nurses, healthcare providers, mothers, grandmothers, teachers, so forth, who made a practical, logical, very articulate argument as to why the masking would not work and why they are going to oppose it. And yet at the same time, you have individuals up there who are for the mask mandate, who are screaming and yelling at our elected officials, pointing out three in particular, calling them racist, fascists, and alluding to them being communists. Russian communists, because they don't want people to be forced, here's the irony, forced into wearing a mask, but have the choice. And let's not even get started on the same party that believes in a particular kind of health right and not another. The irony is not lost there. It is not lost. Well, that's just, again, that's, I'm ranting. I know some of you just want to hear the news, but I think it's important we discuss this. And, and if you disagree with me, let me know. Put it in the comments section on Facebook or on YouTube when this goes up. Uh, I tend to think this, is, this has been so politicized and logic and reason is out the window, that it doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter anymore. People are just not going to think through the process. And those that do are branded as as a Nazi or as a fascist or as a anti-masker or anti-vaxxer and whatnot. The, the nuance is gone. And this is what we have. And it's unfortunate because there are a lot of people that have gone to the pulp, uh, that, that like public testimony side and have been very articulate in what they're saying and reasonable. And yet we don't look at that. And it's it's sad. It's it's a really an indictment on our on our country right now and on our political process. Well, let's move on because one of one of my favorite gifts that I keep on giving is none other than assembly member Christopher Constant. Mr. Constant is uh well, he's consistently providing us with great content. His social media presence is superb. His ability to just really get himself in the forefront of things is great. And none other, none other than just creating, I guess, drama or, you know, controversy where there doesn't need to be any. So you're probably asking me, Scott, what are you talking about? Well, if you don't know, Christopher Constant decided to remove the phrase under God when saying the Pledge of Allegiance. 
during the assembly meeting yesterday. Uh, a move that was interesting at best. I think that uh, this is Mr. Constant making a, quote, stand against what he considers the people that are he's fighting against. But again, this just goes to show you the lack of self-awareness. It's, it's a tremendous lack of self-awareness with our elected officials in the assembly. It really is. It's a lack of self-awareness when people are constantly calling you out for not paying attention, not giving a rip, not asking questions, not engaging. And it's also a lack of self-awareness when you intentionally do things to try to troll other people. And, and mark my words, Constant did this as a troll. He knew what he was doing when he just decided to stop saying the Pledge of Allegiance at the under God phrase. And instead decided to then afterwards when people got a little riled up and started yelling with liberty and justice for all, he decided to point out the two individuals who were a little bit louder than normal and have them removed. Classic troll job 101. Hey guys, let me just tell you, you got to stop falling for it. You got to. You give this guy way too much power. He's already on the assembly as, quote, the vice chair who looks a lot more like the chair during these meetings than anything else. You got to stop falling for the troll job. You just got to. It's not worth it. It's not. It's great content for us. Don't get me wrong. Like, watching watching what went down is just, you just look at it and you got to roll your eyes. You got to be like, come on. I mean, really, dude? You know, his his inability to have any self-awareness, or maybe so much so that he's an expert troller, I don't know. But listen, and by way of either social media posting or commenting or calling people names or cussing people out on social media, or just the way he behaves in the assembly chambers, I mean, guys, you got to understand, it's a total tro- troll job. It really is. It really is, and it's hilarious. I find it I find it so funny, as a matter of fact, that I often wonder why people don't just don't just go the opposite way. Don't get mad at him, share shower him with compliments, and I mean, it's just hilarious. You got to understand, he's doing it on purpose, and if you can't see that, then I mean, I don't know what to tell you. But the fact that he says, <laughs> the fact that he says, uh, you know. He decides to drop out in the saying of the Pledge of Allegiance as at the under God phase and then point out people who are going too loud when saying the Pledge of Allegiance. I mean, the irony is, is fun. He's a, he's a level 10 troll, I believe it or not. But not to be outdone, not to be outdone, Bernadette Wilson decided to get up and throw a zinger at him. And listen, I was watching, I was watching last night late into the night. Me and my wife use this as date night now, which is probably more pathetic than it is funny. But I saw Bernadette coming up, and I just thought, oh, I want to see. You know, she's usually got a couple of zingers that she's going to throw. Usually it's Forrest and Christopher Constant that's in her crosshairs. But, I mean, she's got a couple others. And so what she did is she used this little lack of saying under God during the Pledge of Allegiance to just, you know, take a little zing at Christopher Constant. And here's here's what she said. You can find this under the whole article that Suzanne wrote is under, for Assembly Chris Cronston, there is no, quote, God in Pledge of Allegiance, I guess. So she got up to testify later that night, and here's what she said. She said, how awkward is it that Assemblyman Constant 
can't even get the Pledge of Allegiance right, but can get our health care right? Question mark. A good singer. I mean, the crowd really loved it. It was a crowd favorite. At the end of the day, it's just, I mean, like I, like I call Mr. Constant. Mr. Constant is the gift that keeps giving when it comes to content. He just can't help himself. He really can't. It's like putting a, a piece of red meat in front of a tiger. I mean, they can't help themselves. They're going to go after it. And Christopher Constant does that. And he also does it to the point where he trolls people. And, guys, it's it's just funny. Like, we don't need to get upset. It's just funny. So, again, you can catch that content on mustrealaska.com. It's under the title for Assemblyman Chris Constant. There is no God in Pledge of Allegiance. And, uh, and again, it's just the troll job from Constant, who was matched uh, and maybe even surpassed by Bernadette Wilson's little comeback to him in regards to his inability to get the pledge right but he can get our health care right. All right. Before I go, I just want to let you guys know just a simple thing that's going on with Facebook now. Uh, as many of you know, uh, Representative Zach Fields decided to write a scathing letter to Facebook about how Must Read Alaska is a center and beacon of misinformation. Not true, but it's beside the point. We are now... Uh, We've always been sort of uh, in the mix of getting flagged numerous times, but I want to let you know we are getting flagged by the left. There are individuals who are flagging us for content, and so if you see something and it disappears, it's not because we're trying to take it off. It's because we're getting flagged. Nobody likes counter-arguments nowadays. Nobody likes it when somebody else decides to stand in their their puddle and splash around because at the end of the day, Must Read Alaska is here to provide a full picture of the news, not just what the ADN or not just what KTU or Alaska's news source wants to give you. And we're allowed to do that. But apparently people don't like that. Go figure, right? So now because we have a dissenting and different point of view, that's looked at as misinformation. It's just not. So I just want to make you guys aware that is going on right now. We're battling some things and it's not a big deal, but we're here because of listeners, readers, supporters like you guys. And we are trying to provide you with a holistic view of what's going on, particularly from the conservative side. We don't see that anymore. We just don't. And you guys have been incredibly faithful. Your donations have been welcome and help support what we're trying to do. Your engagement in the website and on Facebook has been extraordinary. We're seeing numbers we've never seen before. The podcast is accelerating because of you guys. I hope the content's great. I'm a little bit different than Suzanne and John when it comes to just, listen, I'm from the East Coast. I I got to tell you how I feel. I can't just give you the news. I know a lot of you like that, but I want to let you know, uh, this is a conversation between you and I. And this is how it goes. And I want you to leave feedback under the Facebook post. I want you to leave feedback in the the YouTube comment section. And yes, sometimes YouTube filters them out. And you've got to go change the filter process. But you know what? We're here to make sure that you get a better and more holistic view of the news. And we are getting pushback. And I just want you guys to know that because we want to be transparent with our readership, our listenership, and those who engage with our content. It's, it's the reality. And we are able to get to the forefront of a lot of different issues because of Suzanne's work, because of John's work. And uh, I play a very small part in that. But it's important. 
And I think it's important you guys know every time you engage with us, every time you share a post, every time that you donate, every time that you provide um, a broader audience for this content, it helps. It gets the word out because, listen, the bottom line is this. Elections are not fought between polar opposite sides. Where they really reside is in the middle, where people are undecided. They don't know the full scoop of the story. They only hear one message or one narrative, and they don't actually know the other side. I've worked elections for a long time, and it's the truth. And unfortunately, unfortunately, some sides don't even get shared. But at Must Read, this is what we do. We share the side of the story that's not being shared. We, we are a voice for those who do not get to have a voice sometimes. And we're a voice for those who just need to get their side out. But the bottom line is this. The bottom line is this. We are here to make sure that we keep the mainstream media on their toes, that it's not just a one-sided narrative, and that it's fair. That's what we try to do. And so I just want to let you know from the Must Read Alaska crew that we are facing some, some challenges. We are not going to shy away from them. We're just going to be much more considerate with them in terms of watching out for what's going on. And we want to let you know. And, and you know what? The reason why we're being attacked and targeted is because we're being effective. And that's because of you guys. It's because of Suzanne. It's because of her constant content production. It's because of John. And like I said, a small part of it is because of me. But man, I got to tell you, you guys have been phenomenal. And we just we just thank you. We're appreciative. More than anything, this is not a State of the Union. I am not the leader of this group. I am a, I am a person who wants to support the leader of this group. And I think Must Read Alaska plays an important role here in Alaska. But... I do want you to know that we do face challenges sometimes. And the, and you know what? All it says, all it means is that we're being effective. All it means is that the message is getting out. And all it truly means, really, is that we're being more effective than what people want. Some people want, I should say. So anyways, guys, I just want to let you know, thank you so much. We appreciate all our listeners, supporters, readers, all of you guys have been incredible. And if you want to continue to help support Must Read Alaska, we are reader and listener driven. We survive on readers and listeners donating. You can do so by going to mustreadalaska.com, going to the top right, clicking on the donation button. Every bit helps. Not only that, if you want to keep getting this content, you can subscribe to the newsletters that we have. You can subscribe uh, on our website at mustreadalaska.com. You can also... Find us on Facebook, MeWe, Rumble, YouTube, Parlor, Twitter, Instagram, all under Must Read Alaska, one word. Listen, thank you guys. We're going to try to do this every night. I'm going to be trying to keep you updated with what's going on in the assembly, uh, some important things that are going around our state, and maybe we'll touch on some federal stuff. But really, we got a lot going on in Alaska. We don't need to worry about that. Until next time, Alaska, take care. Take care.